What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? It's your host with the most, the best from the Midwest, the overweight lover, the not-so-local supervillain, your global icon and national treasure, Starks, a.k.a. Big Sexy, a.k.a. Hollywood Starks Hogan, a.k.a. Big Chowder, a.k.a. Go grab that bill, a.k.a. Did that PayPal clear yet? <laughs> and I welcome you to the first episode of the Fake Wolf Pack Podcast. I know some of you are thinking, but Starks, didn't you already start this podcast? And you know what? You're correct. I did. But I've updated. I've upgraded. I've seen some things. I've been some places. You know, just experience more. So why not bring this to you to the magnitude that we can? So that's what I plan on doing. It's just an upgrade. We're going to change the format of how we used to do the show. But I'm sure you're still going to enjoy what we offer to bring you. And who doesn't love a little cynical villain? So, hey, why not get to see and experience and hear what else is going on in the mind of a villain? So, with all that to being said, let's jump right into it. So, Royal Rumble has just passed, and it has been a crazy time for wrestling. WWE really took that into hands, and they've kicked off the beginning of the year pretty well in my eyes. So, first things first, let's talk about this NXT TakeOver Phoenix. Um, the first match that comes to my mind is Ricochet versus Gargano, and... Boy, oh boy, I would have to say that was a barn burner. From what I recall, I believe I heard that that match was 20 minutes long. Phenomenal showing, a very technical match between Ricochet and Gargano. I expected Champa to jump in and interfere, but he didn't. And it was pretty nice to see that Gargano could pull it off. He still did some dirty trickery, but... I guess that's what the character for Heal DIY calls for. Heal DIY is not official, but yeah, we'll get later into that. Um, really good match. It's nice to see Gargano pick up his first NXT singles title. He did have a run with Champa as DIY, and they were the NXT Tag Team Champions for a moment. And the next match that comes to my mind is Riddle vs. Ono. I kind of like what they're doing with, I guess you can say these two are mid-carders in the NXT level. It's giving them opportunities, it's giving them a chance to have a match. I like the match that they put on. It's a very longer match than the first two outings that we've seen between Riddle and Ono. And it really showcased a lot what Ono can do. It showcased more so what Riddle can do. It gives him a, a nice chance to explain and talk on the microphone. And it also showed the explosive nature that Matt Riddle possesses. I still believe in uh, Cassius Ono, KO, the knockout artist. I still believe in him heavily. And I think that with the time, he should be able to get the proper push and put himself into some of these pitchers. Realistically, that's why this angle is happening. Um, he had to go out and make this opportunity destroy Riddle to be able to get himself into these pictures. I hope that that actually does spark and happen and we can get more creative in uh, multiple man matches or multiple people matches. The next match that comes to mind off of this card is Baszler versus Bel Air. 
and I was shocked. I happen to say that I was pretty, 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 pretty shocked there. I expected Belair to pick up the win. Um, as you can tell, she did not. Um, the interference from Marina Shafir and Jessa Mae Duke, spot on, on the nose. It did exactly what I needed to see, and it shows that Shayna Baszler is a very meticulous heel. It gives her more of that credibility and become the person in nature that NXT tries to sell her as. If this didn't show everyone that Shayna Baszler is probably the most dangerous woman, I see what I did there, the most dangerous woman in NXT, you're out of your mind. Uh, this definitely was a selling point. And it also sold me on Bianca Belair. I wasn't too much of a fan of her beforehand. I know she's very athletic. She performs well. But this match in particular showed a lot of character. To me, it pushed her over more as a face, which I'm glad to actually see happen. Um, She has very charismatic microphone skills. So with that going on, I think that would be able to transition a little bit more if she was a face and be able to have the crowd or such behind her when she delivers these powerful speeches and messages. So that was pretty cool. Um... And let's talk about some some big dudes for a second. Pause. Uh, the War Raiders versus Undisputed Era. I have to say that when I seen the War Raiders come into NXT and the few that do that, I won't say the few, the strong and the proud that have followed this podcast from what we once were, you've heard me talk about the War Raiders and what they can do, and you've heard me talk about the Undisputed Era. So this rivalry... I believe is really just at the forefront of it beginning. I know we've seen them have their differences in between one another in um, several other NXT matches, but with the belts changing and the War Raiders winning the match, I think that opens up for more of a back and forth tit for tat thing. I expect to see a lot of belt changes, switching and swapping between these two throughout the whole year and incorporating other tag teams. Hopefully, uh, Street Profits and Forgotten Sons get them a little bit more steam and they can be incorporated into this picture as well. Uh, let's not forget the Champa vs. Black match. I wasn't sold on either one of these guys beforehand, but after this match, I became a fan of both. Um, Alistair Black's moveset is freaking crazy. He's an animal. That is by far one of the most athletic dudes in the WWE. His strikes are fierce. Um, he sells very well. And he's pretty good on the mic. And you got Champa, who is a pretty, pretty, pretty good heel. And I, I underrate how well that he sells the moves. To me, it shows your character as a man. Can you show that someone hits you and it was impactful? Shows a lot for your character. And both of those guys could do that. And they put on a hell of a barn burner of a match. Um, the buildup for afterwards, the WWE has set up a halftime heat, I guess is what it's called, where they have Ricochet, Black, and Velveteen Dream versus Adam Cole and Heel DIY, which is cool. So we'll get to see that next week, and I will be doing a report on that one. So that catches you up on everything that is going on in NXT. Okay, let's talk the Rumble. First things first, amazing show. I think the CGI graphics need to go. Can we just have like a bigger stage and present 
like being built and set up. I like the feel of the old school uh, Royal Rumble look and where it's you're very into the crowd. And I know that you're in a stadium and that's what they needed. They kind of sort of needed to do. Um, but they could have built up a better setting. It just didn't look cool visually. The graphics that they do, that's pretty interesting. Um, but it didn't resonate all the way through in my eyes to see what was going on with the Royal Rumble. So let's get into some matches. The revival of the AOP versus Root and Gable. Why? I truly don't understand why. I don't get it. Um, every tag team division is just in shambles. And it's funny because weren't they just putting together random tag team matches for God knows how long? But now you can't even get together your pitcher. Um, hey, whatever, cool. It's cool to see uh, Rude and Gable have some belts and they have an idea of what to do and how to do it. That's always cool and interesting. Let's talk Rusev versus Nakamura. I don't understand that for the life of me. I think that rivalry is very unneeded. It is, they don't know what to do with either one of those guys. Rusev was so over, and now I feel that it's trickling down, and they never gave him a title within the time that he was just crazy over and doing things. I don't, I'm pretty sure I don't feel like him and Aiden English even held the tag team belts, which that was just a no-brainer, but you know, whatever, it didn't happen. So for him to lose this match and to drop that title so quickly, uh, it it gives some validity to Nakamura being such an awesome figure in the WWE. So it makes him more credible. And it diminishes Rusev slightly, but Nakamura was competing in world championship matches coming in. He won the, the Royal Rumble last year, so he should have some prestigiousness to his name. I was still kind of upset that that match was that quick and it was still part of the show. Really don't understand it, but hey, cool. Let's talk Asuka versus Becky. Amazing match. Really good setup. Really good feud. It's almost in my mind that Asuka can't have a bad match with anyone. Um, that's just my opinion, but she's an amazing performer. Possibly one of the top women performers right now. And... I think even with the small amount of things that she says on the mic, she sells things very well. And she knows how to convey her messages. And she knows what to say to get the people going. So I definitely support Asuka. And it was really cool to see Becky lose. I know that sounds funny, but once I saw Becky lose, I knew how the rest of the night was going to play out. Pretty dope. Um, so we got Sasha versus Rousey. And this was a hell of a wrestling match. Very technical, very straight to it, and very smash mouth. It seems that Sasha pulled out all the stops, and they're putting Ronda over so heavily. And it's it's to the point now where you're building her up as Lesnar, and it just it's just seeming more and more far-fetched because these women have so much ring presence and talents and experience, it really shouldn't just be boiling down that way. Um, your WWE Championship, you had Brian versus Styles. I'm tired of the feud between AJ Styles and Daniel Bryan. 
but this match was needed to help solidify the character of the new Daniel Bryan. With Rowan helping and helping build the stable for Daniel Bryan, it really helps convey that character. And the promo work that they did beforehand, leading into it, it's really cool. Uh, I like this eco-conscious character that Daniel Bryan is working on. It's pretty sweet. It was once a gimmick by Austin Aries, but it seems like Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan is perfecting this, so it's pretty cool. And you've had Finn Balor versus Brock Lesnar for the Universal Championship. I'm slowly but surely not caring about this title anymore because it seems that Brock Lesnar is the only person to be able to hold this belt. And that just should not be the case. I don't think you need to be the biggest and strongest dude. Because if that's the case, then wouldn't the Big Show and Mark Henry and uh, Tony Nese and, and uh, Buddy Murphy. Because those dudes are the strongest guys pound for pound. Just like for their body mass and shit, they're ridiculous. So shouldn't the strongest guys or whatever hold this title on, on any level? I think there's more craftiness that needs to be put into it. Uh, so for Lesnar to have a honest outing with Finn for a moment, and he does the same thing to literally everyone else, it doesn't show too much prowess and hope for the Universal Championship. Uh, I feel that Finn should have won that match. We the the general consensus is we are tired of hearing and seeing fucking Brock Lesnar not do a thing and we're tired of getting a universal championship match twice a quarter which is ridiculous and all your other titles aren't as prestigious or being held to this uh, level on any other brand so with uh, I won't say that on NXT all those titles are prestigious nobody is holding a title and you're just like but why do they have a belt um, so you know it's it's interesting to see so Hopefully, this leads up to more things happening. Let's talk the Men's Royal Rumble. With that, with everything going on, um, once you saw that Seth Rollins was injured to this and he didn't get a championship match, boy, oh boy, did I know that he was going to have to burn it down. And there was a toss-up out here from what I'm hearing on the internet that people thought Drew McIntyre was going to be able to pull this one off. Honestly, I, I never thought that because he's doing too much heel work. He's doing too much destruction to uh, help set up and do things. So that match between him and Brock at, or him and Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania wouldn't make sense because everybody on that car would have been heels. So there's no real face for kids and everybody else to root for. So McIntyre wasn't going to win unless... The championship changed earlier so that didn't happen boom Rollins had to win that and as you heard earlier uh, Becky Lynch lost her match against Asuka which is cool so for the women's rumble we got to see a lot of new faces a lot of NXT people and the same thing with the men's rumble that was the most inspiring thing there is just to see that this year's rumble was all about new talent and giving them the chance to show their faces and do something very, very cool. Um, there's a lot of nice spots and everything in it. Uh, let's keep it brief. We saw that Becky lost earlier. Without a doubt in your mind, there's no way in the world that Becky wasn't going to win that Rumble. 
and how she did it and everything leading up to it. Boy, oh boy, is she just the woman stone cold. She is legit the man right now. So it was really cool to see her pull it off. It was cool to see Seth Rollins pull it off. Um, WWE really served up a slice of just humble and happy life pie with the Royal Rumble. It's a lot of times with events and even with the two main championship matches with the Universal Championship and the WWE Championship, it left you feeling hollowed out and just wanting for more and just disappointed. And with the winners of the two Rumbles, boy, did that fix and solve everything. So I was very happy with the Royal Rumble and everything setting up to it. So let's talk Monday Night Raw. Of course, Becky comes in, drops a stupid, crazy fire promo. And it seems that she really got up under Ronda's skin or were the fans getting up under Ronda's skin. Either way as it goes, Miss Rousey was teed the fuck off, which is cool to see. Um, I believe the Riot Squad qualified for the Elimination Chamber for the women's tag team belts. We had Brock Lesnar come in and destroy Seth Rollins. I didn't like the idea of Seth Rollins not knowing who he was going to face for uh, his WrestleMania championship title shot. So the mystery of everything leading into it, I guess they were just trying to build up and set up for the show because you already knew who Becky was going to go for. Um, so that was cool, but he gets demolished. And I know we got to do that to help build the anticipation for the match, but Seth doesn't give, Seth isn't that dude. And if that's the case, and we're just saying um, Brock Lesnar is just unstoppable, and he's been wrestling for 15 years. At this point, man, like, he wasn't unstoppable when he came in, so he just got older and better. That physically, that just doesn't even make sense. But, hey, whatever, that's your boy. Do what you got to do. Yeah, other than that, man, Raw was very uneventful. Uh, it's kind of disappointing because they come after a fire show like the Royal Rumble and they have this such lackluster performance. But we did get the information that we all wanted to hear. Uh, who's Becky going to face for the her championship shot at WrestleMania? And the same thing for Seth Rollins. So, that's cool. Told you guys we we're going to do some upgrades. We're going to do some things. We're going to shake shit up a bit. So, what I'm going to do is to add a new segment in. It's going to be called Predictions and Suggestions. And we're going to step it up another level. It's going to be filmed. So, if you would like to watch this segment, you can go over to our YouTube, which is FreshTube216. Once again, the YouTube is FreshTube216. And you can go there and follow and find anything Starks, Fresh Produce related, Lifestyles of the Fresh related, Fake Wolf Pack related, anything of the source will probably be on Fresh Tube 216. So, with all that being said, I welcome you to the suggestions and prediction portion of the show. So, let's talk some SmackDown. SmackDown started off with a friggin' 
interesting match here. We had our truth go off and face Nakamura for the United States Championship, and he wins in a very controversial roll-up. Uh, everyone wants to say that they don't know if that was a botch or it was a bad call or whatever what was going on, but if you go do your history and lineage, R-Truth has been winning stuff like that for so long. That's kind of his gimmick. So that was cool to see. And right after he wins that match, Rusev, they hit Rusev's music. He comes walking out. He starts talking trash. He asks for a title shot. R-Truth gives it to him, and he smokes Rusev right then and there. That all leads up to Rusev and Nakamura double-teaming on R-Truth. Nobody comes out to save him. I don't know why this isn't a thing anymore where other wrestlers just don't come out and just like, hey, man, this isn't right. Let's stop this. But nobody comes out and save him. They cut. Then we go to later on in the show. We see a good scene. We have we see a scene between the good brothers and Rusev, and they're telling Rusev, like, hey, man, you shouldn't have did that. You're better than that. You know, uh, that's just really not becoming of you. So, you know, that's just, you know, it just wasn't cool. So, whatever, we get a match between... Next week, we get a match between Rusev and Nakamura versus the Good Brothers. I think the Good Brothers most definitely need to win that match. Nonetheless, I'm just happy to see them on TV. So that's cool. We get the setup for Mandy and Sonya Deville being in the Elimination Chamber. They didn't have to do anything to qualify for that. Or did they? Bum, bum, bum. Um, and Daniel Bryan premieres his new eco-friendly belt. It is hemp and some oak and some crystals and some beads. It just looks like a good old hippie hangout, pretty cool uh, arts and craft project. I, for one, am not a fan of this belt. I'm a fan of the character, and I like what he did. It just gives his run as this champion more... How can I say... It just gives his run as a champion more legs to stand on. It just makes him look more prestigious. It it sells him on the idea of he's really running the show and he's unbeatable. I like that. I kind of felt that um, AJ should have did something crazy to his belt. I do like the belt alterations. That one in particular is just not my phase. But it was a good showing on SmackDown. And last but not least, let's talk some NXT. Um, So, we start off our NXT with the Flying Pirates. I like that in combination of Eero Shirai and Kyrie Zane. I truly, truly, truly like the name Flying Pirates. It gives them a really, really dope vibe. And I wish that they just started marketing them as a tag team. I think that what they're doing is pretty dope. But if we're going to let Shayna... Baszler really run that women's division. Um, who who else besides Kyrie Zane is going to really top her? Uh, you're you're really taking down and nerfing your competition by constantly doing this, which which is what you kind of have to do to build good storylines. I know NXT only has an hour to convey certain things, um, but nonetheless i like the pairing of Eero shirai and Kyrie zane shouts out maro ronaldo for coming up with the flying pirates a dubbed name i love that hopefully he is the one who came up with it if not whoever did man shouts out to you maro is like my spirit animal i truly try to harness my inner maro ronaldo 
when I do these type of things and are able to convey and express myself. So, with that being said, the Flying Pirates have a match against Marina Shafir and Jessa May Duke. And this is the second match for Shafir and uh, Duke. I think this match really showcased a lot more for what they can do. And they're really showing that they're getting their feet wet with NXT and wrestling in general. I think they need some more singles competition matches. I would like to see them have singles matches versus Eero and um, and Kyrie Zane and just, just doing different things. What they're doing with them and Shayna Blazer and leading up to it, I, I like the idea, but they need to start working on bringing them together. Like bringing the four horsemen, four horsewomen of MMA together to try to set up and do something. Other words is just some weird factions. Jesse May Duke and and Trafir don't even have their own music. They're just piggybacking off of Chain and Blazer. Hell, they're not even giving them merch or anything else or just outfits and stuff. Like it's very just not coming together. And they need to. So if you're gonna keep pushing and promoting them, put a little steam behind them. Nonetheless, they had a very good outing, very good match. They sold their moves. They very fierce competitors. That is not what I expected to see, but an awesome match nonetheless. On the NXT as well, we also had to verse the Forgotten Sons, and boy, oh boy, that is the most two unmemorable pairs of teams ever. I forget about the Forgotten Sons every week, no lie. And Street Profits, I'm just not a fan of their Kunari. Um, They are, for me, being an African American and seeing them and how they act, it is an over-personified, over-the-top caricature of what black people truly are. And I don't like to see that on any facet. So, any median form. I don't like it in movies. I don't find it funny. You know what? I do find it funny, but I'm not going to support it on a true statistical level. Like, I'm just not going to go out and support the Street Profits because they're making a buffoonery of the hip-hop culture. They're making a buffoonery of just being black and being African-American. I think that they can do better as of their characters. I'm not even saying change your name from Street Profits, but stop being over-the-top wannabe rap dudes. Start being wrestlers. Make yourself some characters. Give yourself some character. You know? Um, this just looks like we... We wanted to be rappers, but this is what this is what we came up with. That's what Street Profits look like to me. So, hey, nonetheless, this is the best Street Profits match that I've ever seen. Montez Ford, very impressive. He's always an impressive dude, but this time he actually got to show a little bit more of his athleticism. Um, if he can do all these flips and stuff, and I know that he's a very tall guy and everything, I think that those moves need to be incorporated a little more. Uh, Angelo Dawkins. Man, he really showed up. Uh, I, I, this is the first match that I could say I really like Angelo Dawkins. I like what he did. I like the moves that he brought out. I like the character that he was showing here. Um, I think if they just kept doing that and transitioning into more to truly defining themselves, Street Profits would be over. Um, the Forgotten Sons, don't know what's going on there, but. The team works well. Their moves are good. It's just not sticking. It's just not a memorable 
combination of things. I think that if they had more microphone time, maybe cut some promos, just do some some over-the-top things, I think that'll help resonate the idea of the Forgotten Sons. Nonetheless, the Forgotten Sons big up, pick up a very big win over the Street Profits. Hopefully that moves them into the tag team picture and we can get a Forgotten Sons versus the War Raiders match. So, let's get things underway. First things first, let's talk about some predictions for Raw. Um, I'm thinking Lashley versus Finn. Eh, whatever. We're kind of tired of the feud, but now there's a belt involved. So, why not have this build up until Elimination Chamber and we finally put some more gold on Finn? I think this would be a good way to show Lashley as a champion. And it also gives a good way for Finn to... Um, elevate himself and give his fans that are actually wanting and waiting for him what they're yearning for so i definitely would like to see that happen that's my prediction and suggestion on that manner i think it would be a dope match but i think some matches leading up to it should be finn versus leo rush both of those guys both of those competitors i can tell you right now it's going to be a phenomenal five-star match Frankly, I think that several times, maybe two times, and I think we can get it two or three times before Elimination Chamber. But nonetheless, we at least get that match two times before Elimination Chamber. That establishes Leo Rush on Raw, and it showcases him more. I think he's only had one match on Raw, but with the caliber of Finn Balor, and it still brings back some credibility to him, it elevates everyone. It steps everyone up to the next level. It's going to be good for... Finn to hold that belt. It will just feed the people because, honestly, I feel that with everything going on, he's beginning the short end of the stick. From what I'm reading on the internet from other people, more marks, all they're saying is, damn, what's going on with Finn? Why is he not in the picture? Um, I think that would be pretty, pretty, pretty dope if we got that. Uh, I would love to see Finn hold down the Intercontinental title for a hot second. I think he can have Really good matches with EC3, really good matches with Apollo Crews, really good matches with Tyler Breeze. I think all of those guys could have a awesome feud with Finn leading up to Fastlane. Or more so, if we take it a step further, you got this Finn-EC3 feud, or Finn-Tyler Breeze feud, or Finn and anybody, or Finn and all those guys feud, and we keep that going all the way until WrestleMania. That's a barn burner of a fucking match right there. Finn, Tyler Breeze, EC3, three-way fucking match for the gold. I don't know, man. I think that's a banger. Um, Some more Raw stuff. The Raw women's title. I think this is the big one where everybody wants you to like really, really talk about. I know everybody wants to see the four horse women and them get together and just run stuff. But technically, haven't they already been doing that? Have we not already had reigns from... Sasha, Bailey, Charlotte, and Becky. That's that's a thing. So we've already got them in the title picture beforehand. I think to use them to get other people over would be a smarter choice. So if we're going to keep putting Ronda in these situations to be undefeated and over the top and be just this fucking Goliath and behemoth, I think we can do that with Tamina. I think we can do that with a lot of different people, and we don't have to desecrate how people view 
Becky or just the Reginald for four horse women. So I think there's more people on Raw for Ronda to have feuds with or just do different things. I think that the fact that Ronda hasn't been beaten on any level is just very, very unrealistic. I'm pretty sure that they're doing that so that she can have a remarkable record on this as with the MMA, she just left on such a bitter note. She left at the bottom. I don't think that that she would leave like that here. And if she when it does happen, I think she's going to leave on top. That is just my crazy hot take for right now. I would love for someone else to pick up that belt and just to do more with it and incorporate Ronda in another storyline or make her cross over from Raw into SmackDown and go forth and get these other people. Um, there are predicts going to leave after WrestleMania. So if we get Becky versus Ronda, you know, that's... That is probably one of the best things we, that we could get. So it'd be cool to see that and that to feed and suffice the streets. I'm really, really looking forward to Mania for that particular match. Um, I just know the upcoming months before then, you got the Elimination Chamber for the Tag Team's Women's Belts and anybody who's not in there and Ember, Room, Ember Moon is injured. I think she would have been the next one in line to face Ronda after Bailey just had that random match. I kind of hate how they do that. Um, you don't get enough time to set up and prep for these matches and you just blow through them that quickly because you're not going to allow Ronda to win. I mean, I'm sorry, you're not going to allow Ronda to be beaten. So they just expedite themselves through all that whole process. You know, whatever. I just wish that more was going on and they used more of the women wrestlers that they had. Hell, what the fuck is Lacey Evans doing? What is Nikki Cross doing? Incorporate them in some of these Raw women storylines. Um, I think a, besides what's going on with the women elimination chamber match for the tag team's belt, I think that you should do another women's elimination chamber match for number one contendership, both sides. Um, there's a lot of people caught in the crossfires there. And I know that you only have two pay-per-views before WrestleMania. And I think that with the build and everything going up to it, you could still get a lot of different people in there and do a lot of different crazy things. It's just, you know, applying it. Uh, Alexa Bliss is currently not with the tag team right now. Um, Natalia is not with the tag team. Dana Brooke isn't with a tag team. Uh, Lana isn't with a tag team. Zelina Vega isn't with a tag team. I can, I can continue to name people, Nikki Cross, Candice LeRae, all these people, all these great wrestlers, and they're not with anyone, so you can put them into more crazier, high-stakes matches to draw a number one contendership. I think that would be dope. I think that the Flying Pirates should be integrated in the women's tag team match because it's an awesome duo. I don't think that they should win, but I think that there should be more cross-brand representatives on the women's tag team titles. So if you're pulling women from NXT UK, NXT, um, and you know, you just or incorporate everything going on, I think that makes that title that much more prestigious. If it's a floating and traveling belt, that brings more awareness to the brands and brings more awareness to 
great women tag team wrestling. We're just more great women wrestling. So that's all I got for the Raw Women's titles and the Tag Team titles. I don't know why I always associate in my mind the Raw, the Tag Team titles with Raw because I think it's because they were premiered there. But it seems like to me that Raw has the better women tag team wrestlers, if that makes sense. They got a couple little factions that can go out and do some things. Um, what else we got on Raw? The Men's Tag Team's Belts. Uh, I say let Chad Gable and Bobby Roode drop the belts at some point in time. Let the Revival pick them up. That gives a chance for, I don't know, anybody to have a chance at those belts. So let's say if the Revival picks them up and you got the Revival holding those belts on to uh, WrestleMania, I think we should have a, a nice series between the Revival and Hawkins and Ryder and... That should go on for the next three pay-per-views. Draw that shit the fuck out. Make them some crazy matches. Make them a fucking... Make one a, a, a ladder match. Make one a fucking steel cage match. Or just make one just a regular match. Make them just pretty long and drawn out. Make them so that the Revival's gotta be heels and win these matches. And at the grandest stage of them all, Kurt Hawkins gets his first fucking win. And Zack Ryder gets his imminent return. Oh man, the feels and how crazy the internet would go if you had that happen at WrestleMania. All I'm thinking right now, it's WrestleMania season. What big moments can we have and put together? Last year for Nicholas to win some fucking tag team belts, utterly ridiculous. What does that say for tag team wrestling in WWE? What does that say for tag team wrestling in general? So, nonetheless... Um, of course, Brock Lesnar has to continue to retain his uh, Universal Championship until uh, WrestleMania. But I don't. I predict that he doesn't defend that shit until WrestleMania. So that's what two, three months before we even get to see Brock do anything. Um, with all that happening, I desperately need Brock to drop that title at WrestleMania. Seth has to win. He's the hottest dude right now. It would do wonders for putting everything over. You got a dude who's there week in and week out to come reign and pull on and bring this title all the way up. Uh, let's talk SmackDown. The women's title. Who's going to feud with Asuka? I really hope that Charlotte doesn't weasel her way back in quickly to getting into that match with Asuka. But I hope by WrestleMania we get a rematch between Charlotte and Asuka and... That leads up to uh, Asuka winning at the greatest show on earth. The grandest show of them all. Um, and Asuka wins that. I think that would be dope for her to, to retain it and get some redemption from last year. There are a slew of women she can have rivalries with leading up in there. You got Lana, who isn't doing anything. Um, I don't know, Sonya Deville, who... It seems that every time there's like some type of battle royale or whatever have you, she goes pretty toe-to-toe -to -toe with Asuka. Um, but nonetheless, Nikki Cross, Lacey Evans, more people, um, incorporate them and give them some time to battle with Asuka and have, their, have them take her to the limits. Um, let's talk the U.S. title. So, R-Truth wins the U.S. title on SmackDown this week. It kind of leaves that title as a joke. Uh, it's funny because I was talking with my dude, Maple Donut, shouts out, um, at that title has been viewed as a joke for a hot second. I, I suggested, I'm like, damn, man, they should give that belt to AJ Styles and make it more prestigious. 
and he said they did that. I was like, fuck, dude. Um, but I still feel that we can do more to make that title prestigious, Jesus. So I say that let our truth hold it on, and he has his quick feuds with Rusev and Nakamura, or incorporate those two, Rusev and Nakamura, into the tag team picture. But um, there's plenty of people that our uh, truth can have feuds with leading up until Mania. I think at Mania, we should either have our truth versus Almas or Mufasa Ali and drop the belt for either one of those young dudes to give him that catapult push. I think Daniel Bryan should hold on to that title until Mania and we should do another switch and flop. Maybe he holds on to it for after Mania, but he should have his Mania match against Mufasa Ali. If Ali isn't in that uh, U.S. title match, I think he needs to be put into the main event and him and Daniel Bryan just put on an awesome show. Daniel Bryan can win and retain that, which seems pretty right because, you know, the young man might not be ready to hold that title, but he earned the position. And I think it would be good to have that big showing there. Um... Yeah, and, and you know what, man? Let's let's stop having AJ in this Daniel Bryan feud. Let's have him interfere with this Good Brothers match. Let's put the club together. Let's move the Good Brothers from SmackDown and have them run over there over uh, on Raw with Finn and put the club together. Make them an actual faction. I think that would be good for all of those guys. There's really not a true destination for AJ at this point in time so that would give him a chance to go run off and do some more and the good brothers could pick up the tag team titles aj can feud with seth for the universal for a hot minute and just keep that going um i think making them heal would be you know just pretty pretty good for everyone involved um yeah yeah as far as the women tag team titles go i thought about this there's quite a few women's tag teams you got the Boss Hugs Connection, you got the Iconics, you got the Flying Pirates from NXT, and you got the Riot Squad. Sonya Deville and Mandy as well. So I think that's like five, and I think there's going to be one more random team. If the Riot Squad does not win them tag team belts, we must riot. They have been putting on great matches throughout all of these pay-per-views, consistently there on Monday Night Raw awesome on the microphone i'm there's not much more that you can say to sell the riot squad but that though they need those women tag teams belts because they are a well-oiled machine i don't even want to see the iconics winning because hell I, when i see the iconics work together they're really good on the microphone but what they bring to the ring it just needs to be toned and fine-tuned a lot more but nonetheless that's pretty wavy i'm happy about that um, yeah, I think the Riot Squad should pick up the belts at the Elimination Chamber and drop them to Bailey and Sasha at WrestleMania. So, right now, as it stands, that's all my suggestions and predictions for this week. If you have any comments, leave them below. Uh, follow a villain at villain starts everywhere or villain underscore starts everywhere i'm sorry i was still thinking about wrestling i ain't locking in but villain underscore starts and if you can't spell villain then you probably don't need to follow me that's real um but yeah 
I think that's about it, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, I have one last thing to say. Please, please, please remember, always remember, to stay true and remember, keep killing shit.